I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. podcast. My name is Kyle Boone and with me today again is Kyle Cox, uh, editor and contributor for Pistols Firing. Uh, Cox, we have a lot of news to get to. Oklahoma State has landed two former Arkansas uh, commits in the past two days. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so let's just let's just dive right in. So on, um, on Sunday, Oklahoma State gets good news that uh, Tanner McAllister, a former Arkansas defensive back commit, has flipped from uh, Arkansas to Oklahoma State. Now he did actually decommit from Arkansas last month, so it's not a, ju- it's just a true flip, but a big get nonetheless. A true corner to put alongside Javion Cardwell in the 2018 class, just two days before the signing day. How how big is this? Do you think for Oklahoma State? I think it's huge. Like we talked about last week, just getting that depth at corner built up. Um, as we saw this year, you know they had they definitely had a lack of that, and that's not something you you saw in one in one recruiting cycle. But if you can get one or two guys like this that you really like, uh, you know every year at least one, uh, then you don't hopefully uh, you know come to the situation they had this year where they had basically two only two guys they wanted to play. So right, yeah, I think it's big. Yeah, I think I think it's huge just to to build the depth. Obviously, they have AJ Green, they have Rodarius Williams. They've got a bunch of guys in the program that they like that they're still developing, but just to have two true freshmen coming in who are going to be bona fide, basically it it's uh you know it's probably going to prevent them from trying to chase down grad transfers for the next few years. I think hopefully is their is their goal in doing this, and you know they've got mm-hmm. two true corners. They've got Gabe Lemons, an athlete who's going to play corner for OSU now and you know he's a little bit more of a project he's going to need to put on a little bit of weight um but Cardwell is the real deal I think we both agree with that McAllister's the real deal I think we can both agree with that I think they're both physically ready to contribute early whether or not that you know whether or not that translates mm-hmm. to contributing right. as a freshman is, is yet to be determined so the other Oklahoma State commit that that uh, OSU got was on Monday night uh, Sean Michael Flanagan, a wide receiver slash safety, uh, was committed to Oklahoma or to Arkansas for several months. Made an official visit to OSU last weekend, um, and I talked to I talked to one recruit after the visit who said that um, they were pretty confident, basically, that they were that that did enough to flip his decision from Arkansas to Oklahoma State. Uh, Flanagan made a visit this weekend to Arkansas. And some of that OSU momentum kind of subsided, and a lot of people were kind of saying, "Hey, he may he may actually stick with his original commitment to Arkansas." He tweets tonight that he's he's Oklahoma State bound, so he's planning on signing on Wednesday with the Pokes, giving OSU a, a big boost in the secondary. He's a three-star recruit, um, four-star on rivals, depending on where you look at. Just a really long, athletic safety. Um, how mad are you if you're an Arkansas fan right now just seeing OSU just raid their 2018 class? Yeah. I mean, all the uh, un, un, <laughs> unearned SEC pride is, is just terribly bruised. Falling apart. Right now. <laughs> Falling apart. 
Yeah, uh, I like I like his size too. Flanagan, he's like six two, I think. Six yeah. three, six yeah. two. I mean, and they, that's another position we didn't talk about as much, but they also are losing a lot this year is, is at safety. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think uh, a, a a secondary overall is uh, is looking up in this class. So yeah, and and safety has been a position that they've been trying to address and been trying to address. They they targeted. Um, Israel, I forget his last name. I have to go back and look. But six foot five kid who committed to Florida State really early in the process. They targeted uh, Delrick Ad- Abrams, uh, who committed to Colorado, uh, another long athletic safety. And so they finally get their guy two days before signing day. Really huge, just you know, to kind of fill out the the defensive back class. Uh, whether or not they're done yet is kind of yet to be determined. I think Hakey Woods is still on the board. Um, I think that's probably their their lone defensive back. Maybe Mario Goodwood, Goodrich, and we'll get to him in just a minute. But um, let's go ahead and jump into our mailbag. We got a little recruiting mailbag that we're going to get to today, just to answer your questions. So we got a lot of questions on Facebook. Uh, people on Twitter hit me up in the DMs and on in in my mentions. Just basically. Oh. Two days before signing day, what kind of questions do you have? So let's just go down the list. And, uh, yeah, we'll start with uh, Logan McNeil, who asks, after a 1-11 a, after a season for Baylor, a recent coaching overhaul, a major scandal, how does Baylor continue to out-recruit Oklahoma State? Cox, your answer. That's a good question. I was just uh, – what is their – I'm looking at the uh... – just trying to pull up the Big Twelve rankings right now. Two, two four, seven. Let's see. T- take take I, a guess they, on where I, you think they are and where Oklahoma State is. Okay, well, I'm, my computer's been so loud. Uh, oh man, I know earlier in the process they were high above Oklahoma State. I guess four for Baylor and five for Oklahoma State. Is that a Okay, so Oklahoma, oh. Oklahoma State's oh, actually – yeah, actually Oklahoma State right now uh, is ranked 23rd in the country. They've got mm-hmm. 21 commitments, and that's uh, – I believe that's including – that is including Flanagan, who is now OSU's third highest rated commit in the 2018 class. So really big late get. Um, a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing the fact that he's a three-star, but he's a very highly rated three-star recruit. Yep. Um, Baylor is actually ranked 27th or 27th in this class. So they're actually below Oklahoma state. I think that just, that did just change tonight. So, yeah, it looks uh, like a, uh, let's see. And a lot of that, just looking at the, the numbers here, it, a lot of theirs too, are, it's more quantity. Uh, they don't have any four stars currently from according to two, four, seven sports. OSU has two courses, TJ Moore and who's. Yeah. It looks like actually Baylor has three, four stars. Um, oh, do they? Okay, so this is enough. Yeah, <laughs> they've got BJ Hansbard, uh, Josh Fleeks, and Ta- Taekwon Thornton, uh, all out of the state of Texas. But yeah, they've got 22 commits. OSU has 23 now. Uh, they jump over Baylor tonight uh, with the Flanagan commitment. So, but to to answer Logan's question, why is Baylor out recruiting OSU? And they're not technically, as of now, they're not. Um, right. I, th- I think it's pretty close. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with just Baylor's upside. Uh, Baylor has has won Big 12 titles more recently. Baylor is in a good location. They're in Waco. A lot of Texas kids are going to want to stay close. Um, I think location has more to do with it than anything, to be honest. And 
Uh, and I think there's also with the newer coaching staff, it kind of seems like there's always a little bit of that, like you said, the upside. They can sell yeah. this, like, hey, we're building this together. And maybe they can offer some earlier playing time uh, to some, some guys too, possibly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they just they I mean, just built a massive brand new stadium right on, you know, the, the beautiful little river there in Waco. I mean, they, they really, other than the fact that they're just a terrible program and, and disgusting and all that, they have a lot to, to sell. And for Texas recruits that want to stay in-state that maybe have been overlooked by Texas or Texas A&M, Baylor is a really good option for a lot of those kids. And, um, you know, their, their offense isn't probably what it used to be under Art Bryles, but uh, Matt Rule is, is a really good coach. I mean, he left, yeah. he left Temple, was a really highly – regarded coach coming out of temple uh adam lump lunt i know loves matt rule says he's <laughs> a great coach so i i agree with him with adam lunt i think he's a good coach so he can he's obviously proven he can recruit the state of texas and won several battles over oklahoma state you know just the cycle alone so i think just yeah. the fact that geography and um you know and the fact that it's in texas is basically why baylor is probably going to continue to outroot out recruit osu um, second question, Joseph McFeeders asks, what are your expectations for this year's offensive line class, 2018 class, compared to ones in the past couple of years? Will any of them play this year? So they've got uh, Bryce Bray, offensive lineman from Bigsby. Mm-hmm. They've got Tyrese Williams, a center from Cy Ridge in Houston. They've got Hunter Woodard, a Illinois offensive lineman. Hunter Anthony, offensive lineman from Tuttle, and who is the Jacob. yeah Jacob Farrell, Jacob Farrell. tackle? Um, I think it's probably one of the best. It's it's the best class that OSU's ever got as far as offensive linemen, just quantity and quality to bring in. You know, from left to right, they're bringing in a tackle, guard, center, guard, and a center or a, a tackle. So they're bringing in all five. Um, I don't think that anyone is going to majorly contribute next year. If I were to bet money, I would say Hunter Anthony is the guy who comes in and contribute. He's going to be an early enrollee, going to be on campus in the spring, going to get a jump start on you know the the training program and all that stuff. Right. Um, Bryce Bray is another one that I think could probably be that guy to to come in early. Obviously, he's going to have a late jump as he's not uh, enrolling early. But then you look at Jacob Farrell, 6'6", 280, a tackle. I think tackle is probably set next year. I don't know um, if he'll be able to contribute right away. Hunter Woodard, 6'5", yeah. but he's, he's really skinny, even at 300 pounds. He could definitely use some bulk. Um, so I don't know. Do you see any other guys that maybe contribute next year? What do you think of Bray and, and Anthony? Uh, yeah, I think the size right there tells you that. Like you said, uh, let's see here. Bray's the one, yeah, from Bixby, yeah. Uh, just the, the size, like getting 300-pound guys like that coming right in. And I don't know that a lot of them, like you said, are going to come out unless something, you know, unexpected happens and yeah, and contribute, like, you know, barring injury or anything like that. But there is there is some – there are going to be some spots and reps to replace, and they've got some younger guys that uh, have been there for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but they're ready to probably get in. Shane Richards, hopefully uh, – can can be a, a contributor at tackle, so uh, you'd hope that they don't have to. But it's again, with, especially with offensive linemen, I think anytime, unless you're Alabama and you're recruiting those type of guys, 
you're not going to, you're not expecting these guys to come in and play right. as true freshmen. Um, and we'll just, we'll just see how, you know, this, we're just continuing to see how John, Josh Henson, uh, recruits and obviously pretty good so far and then how he develops guys will be the next next step yeah him. yeah i i do think this is it for the future though for sure yeah i i do think this is the best top to bottom offensive line class they've ever got but um i, I don't know if we'll necessarily be able to see that come to fruition in one year i think you give it two or three years and this may be by far the best class they've ever signed um, which which more speaks to the fact that OSU is trying trying to turn into a Big Ten team, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, Sean Bishop, his comment says Dax. Uh, I think he wants to talk about Dax Hill, a uh, 2019 recruit from Booker T. I, we've talked about Dax before. I don't know if you and I have, but but I have. Uh, he's 2019, so we'll try and keep it short on him, but. Uh, I, I think OSU has a shot there with Dax. Dax has so many offers. He could he could basically call his own shot wherever he wants to go. Right. Obviously, his older brother, Justice Hill, is an All-American at Oklahoma State, and that will definitely play a factor. Um, you know, But he, he's a five-star, top 20 recruit in the class of 2019. Got offers from uh, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, Oklahoma State, you name it. Arkansas is offered, Stanford's offered, Baylor's offered. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to guess right now, I'm going to say he goes Oklahoma state. I think Oklahoma state has actually gotten a lot of momentum here in the past couple of months. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, and I, and I think that Grayson Boomer's commitment early has, has probably played a little bit of an impact there too, because I think Boomer is, is doing some work trying behind the scenes to, to recruit some guys. So, uh, yeah. if I'm going to make a bet, I, I say Dax is going to be a cowboy, but I don't think it's going to be a, uh, a decision that comes anytime soon. My guess is it comes later this summer right. or next yeah. summer. So he, you know, he he can play it out as long as he wants. And OSU would, you know, they'd take his commitment even if he committed two years from now on on signing day. So it will, sure. it will be yeah, really I mean, interesting to follow. Yeah, he would be a superstar. He would be a a, a huge get for. Is that would that be? I don't know how. He'd how, be as far as highest rank. He'd be the is highest. The highest rank. Yeah, he'd be the highest ranked OSU's ever got. So that's yeah, that's insane to say, and yeah. it's and to say that you know there's even a chance at this point to get him. I mean, yeah, they you have, know, we can they have a shot. Yeah, we can talk about you know disappointing years and stuff like that, but sustained success. Of course, his brother going there too, and who knows if his brother grew up as an OSU fan? You know, who knows he may have as well. But uh, that is, doesn't always go into that decision either but right uh, just that sustained success i mean it gives you opportunity to get your to get your foot in the door there which is pretty impressive yeah yeah no i agree i agree uh kyle cothran says uh with the dillard and dawson releases does that mean we have extra scholarships to fill with 2018 if so other than courtney ramey are there any other solid prospects um we did not look up the scholarship count, but yes, there is scholarships to fill. Courtney Ramey, a former Louisville commit, is at the top of that list, and um, I, they're going to need to bring in probably two point guards. So Ramey would obviously fill that. I don't know. I don't think Ramey is probably leaning towards OSU. I think they're going to have to find someone else, but um, my, my guess is that they're going to have to fill at least two more spots in this class. Um Dom asks, who do you think is starting at quarterback game one of fall 2018? What do you think? It's going to be the corn dog. Oh. <sighs> He's starting game one. Now, I'm not, I don't know if he'll be the starter 
at you know halfway through the season or at week five or so you know it's an interesting thing to talk about is we we kind of forget how Mike Gundy had this uh, bad rap as, as not being able to handle his quarterbacks. <laughs> you know we don't need to talk about whole, that. It's okay. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. Rudolph kind of kind of made that all go away. But yeah, if there's not a clear cut guy or if Spencer Sanders is just not quite ready, and you know, you know. It, you, I mean, Gundy will play true freshman. We've seen that before. Even guys that he, nobody's even heard of, like sure. Jeff Carr. Yeah. <laughs> but the quarterback position, I feel like he's a little bit different about that. Yeah. Which he should be. Um, and I'm I'm not sure that he just – unless he just impresses, you know, in, in camp or something. I don't know that he gets, gets out there and, and uh, push him out there that early. I don't know. We'll see. You're talking I about mean, Spencer Sanders? Yeah, about Sanders. So. Okay. All right. And, I could be wrong. Maybe he comes out there and does, but I mean, and, and, you know, people are going to like probably trash me in the comment section, but we still don't know enough about Keandre Woody or even, you know, Jelani. Yeah. I know they didn't look good in the spring game, but I, I think it's a little, a little premature to count them out completely on that. Um, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't know. If it, I haven't heard of anything to make you think that they're impressive, have impressed anybody, but yeah, or stranger things have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm. I'm gonna. People go are just like just calling it. Nope, there's no chance either one of those guys ever plays, and I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that for sure. But. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna trash you right here. I think you're wrong. I think. Uh, okay. I think Spencer Sanders starts from day one. I think Corn Dog is not that good. I think Jelani is not <laughs> that good, and I think Keandre is probably not that good. I think they're all okay. Um, but yeah. if you're looking for a, so you're, a you're, starter, so you're just. So you got John Collar at number two. Yeah. Collar? No, no. Collar's <laughs> you didn't mention probably, him. Yeah, I know. There's a reason. Or Trace and Wallace. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Collar's probably number five. I don't know where Tracen is, but um, I, I think Spencer that, Sanders. You're that, you're that confident about Spencer coming in. I am. I think if you want to win, you go with your best talent. Spencer's your best talent. Corn is your most experienced, but I think there's a big difference. Big talent disparity between Sanders and Corn Cornelius and uh, Wood T will be there. He's really talented, you know, dual threat guy. Woods mm-hmm. Woods is still a dual threat guy who's got a big arm. I still think he's a little bit of a project, kind of a development piece, um, you know. And then Trayson and and uh, and Kolar obviously are there, but I don't think they're they're much of a factor at this point. So my guess is it's going to be down to Sanders and Cornelius and. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna go with Sanders. I think he's just more talented, um, and I don't think that's more of a wish thing. I th- I think that really is true. I think he's more talented, and he can he can win you more games than Cornelius. So that's who I'm rolling well, I'm, with. Hey, I'm down if that's the case. Yeah, I'm just predicting what Mike Gundy is gonna want to do, and uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to doubt. But if you could be right, and then I'll I'll publicly. Uh, I'll serve you a big you fat that. piece of crow after uh, Sanders rolls out. How about that? Well, here we go. We're going, uh, let's see, what is that? 2018. I can't remember. I don't have a good memory. Who, who, who are they opening up next year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I knew at one point. All right, this, that's bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are remaining targets for Oklahoma State class? This is from Joshua Stretcher. I apologize if I botched your name. Um, I, I think right now with Flanagan off the board, with McAllister off the board, uh, Hickey Woods is probably your top target, a cornerback, uh, Pima Community College cornerback, defensive back. Um, 
Azur Kamara is another guy that you probably want to watch. Arizona Western defensive end prospect. Uh, he, he's got OSU in his top five, and he's he's kind of been quiet of late, hasn't made any moves. My guess is he's probably going to commit and sign in February. Um, so no no change from, from right now, and I don't expect a decision over the next few days. Um, I think that, that is probably it. And then Mario Goodrich, the former Nebraska commit, um, I, th- I think OSU offered him yesterday, so... That's official. OSU's in the hunt. I don't. I don't think there's anything to that. But um, he he's he's officially a target. So. Okay. Um, speaking of Kamara, uh, Kamara, uh, his former teammate. Somebody brought this up in a comment of, of our post today, and I that's just made me think about it. Uh, Patrick, I'm, am I saying Macon? Yeah, that's right. Right. Correct. Okay. And then we heard a lot of a lot about him coming in, and then. It, like he just fell off, fell in a hole or something. Uh, are they just were they just wanting to redshirt him? Yeah. I know uh, Gunny made some comments early that he yeah, there was, was having trouble adjusting or, or whatever. I may be misquoting that, but are they? What is there anything new on him? Do we know anything else about him? No, no, there's nothing new. Um, he's he didn't play this year because they one they didn't need him and two he wasn't ready. So he'll be back next year. Um, inside linebacker, I think you know the speed of the game was a little too fast for him, but he'll be back next year. I think he'll be all right. So no, oh, we've no, seen that a lot of times because he was a stud, yeah. you know, the year before, right? In, at at JUCO, junior level. college, right? Right, and it was like Chris Carson. You know, he came in, and everybody thought he was going to be the next, you know, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Is I think the comparison we got out of practice, and then yes, of course we thought it, it took him some time to adjust as well. But. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see kind of how that goes, but you know, it's an inside linebacker. I imagine he'll have more chance to play next year because Chad Whitener is going to be gone. Um, mm-hmm. Really, I think he's got a little bit more mobility than Whitener. Um, you know, I I don't know. I think there's a lot that goes into playing inside linebacker, and that's probably yeah. the biggest thing is um, you have to, you have to learn multiple positions on the field other than your own, and maybe in junior college you don't necessarily have to do that. So. That would so. that would be my assumption. So we'll see him next year, my guess, um, and he'll probably do fine. So um, let's quickly preview a commitment that is impending on Wednesday. Four-star running back Lynn J. Dixon, a former Tennessee commit, is planning to commit on Wednesday, uh, which is the first day of the early signing period. Uh, Dixon made a visit to Oklahoma State this past weekend. He also made a visit to Clemson not long ago during the football season. He's picking between OSU and Clemson. Uh, back to our naughty and nice list that we did last week. Do you think OSU has been naughty or nice here? Do you think they land him or not? Nah? I think I, I think last week I went on the side of naughty, but uh-huh. now I might be I might be closer to the to the middle there. I don't. It it seems like. Uh, you know, he had a good uh, visit uh, from his Twitter interactions. But uh, I don't know. It kind of feels like maybe he's going to go ahead and uh, pull the old – grab the Tigers hat and then drop it and pick up the uh, the uh, giant Pete hat or whatever. Oh, he has there. I like that. I like that. I, yeah. I think he has the brand. We, really what's more important is what kind of hat he's going to have. Is he going to have just the, the generic brand or, like, the cool brand, like the classic brand or – 
I hope he's got like Ed Hardy hat. Oh no! Yes, right. give me the Ed Hardy. I forgot we're we're on the opposing sides of this. The least popular of all my takes. <laughs> give me give me the Ed Hardy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Carson. Um, so last <laughs> night, C.J. Moore tweets surprise coming Tuesday with the shush emoji and an orange. Um, mm-hmm. At the time he tweeted that Dixon was planning to commit on Tuesday. I don't know right. of any other targets that are planning on committing on Tuesday, and I don't know of any other good news that OSU expects on Tuesday other than the fact that Dixon was planning to commit. So um, I'm actually going to say Dixon commits to Oklahoma State. That's that's my final. And I think we can now, we can, I think C.J. Moore is, is uh, earning a little bit of uh, street cred now because he kind of uh, predicted the uh, Shawn Michael Flanagan. Yeah. Remember, wasn't that him? No. And then wasn't that the one he liked? I know. Am I thinking of? Uh, it, it might have been. It might have been. I, I talked to someone else about um, how that Well, the week, last week when we talked about the uh, the tweet, the mysterious tweet, yeah. I thought he was thinking of him. Yeah, Maybe it might have okay. been. It, him and uh, Blake Barron were both foreshadowing some stuff that was that was going to happen. So, okay. pretty well, weird. I'm 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 going with with the with the, yes on that. Okay, that would that would be a huge finish and almost surely keep OSU in the top twenty five of the rec- recruiting rankings uh, for two thousand eighteen at least for the early period. Um, they've got another few targets on the board remaining for two thousand eighteen. Uh, we won't get into those today just because they're planning on visiting in January. Not huge names, probably not worth mentioning now because signing day is just two days away, the early signing period. Um, so I think that's it for today, Cox. We've got a little bit of a shorter podcast. Um, so we'll upload this and uh, we'll have more uh, signing day coverage. I will, I will actually be in Stillwater on Wednesday uh, to cover Mike Gundy's press conference in Stillwater where he recaps all his recruits, etc. Um, should be a lot of fun. So we'll have more coverage from from that event coming up later this week. So, Cox, thanks again for hopping on again, and uh, we will talk with you later. Yes, sir. See you. Okay, see ya. Thanks.